0: Welcome to Catholic Radio Indy's Lunchtime Podcast Sampler. I'm Kent Blantford. Each week, we'll bring you a sampling of some of the best Catholic podcasts being prepared and shared out there on the Internet. Today's offering kicks off with an episode from the Abiding Together podcast entitled Journey Into the Deep. Abiding Together is a weekly podcast hosted by Michelle Benziger, Sister Miriam James Heidland, and Heather Kim. This podcast is a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for people who are on the journey of living out their passion and purpose in Jesus Christ.
1: Hi, and welcome to season 10 of the Abiding Together podcast. We are so excited to have you with us this season. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. We talk about our life with Christ. We talk about big things, small things, beautiful things, sorrowful things. We laugh, we cry. You'll fit right in. (laughs) You are most welcome here, so please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast, season 10, episode three. We are going to talk about journeying into the deep, into the very, very, very places. Rolling in the deep. Yes. And I just want everybody to know that somebody mentioned that, one of those two, which shall, shall remain nameless, mentioned Adele's song, Rolling Into the Deep. Now I can't get it out of my head, so... Yeah. Thanks I just a lot. to say.
2: Once again, well, thank you. You're welcome. It can be me. But once again, it, I'll just put it on the song le- link for Abiding Together Karaoke. So all of our gr- uh, groups, people that meet in a group – if someone would like to make a little Spotify, Abiding mm-hmm. Together groups, karaoke list, that feels really good. And you can join together with your nearest and dearest <laughs> and sing all the different songs that we mentioned on Abiding Together
3: podcast. Thank you. It'll be a good time, ha- you know, had by all. I know. can see it now. We're going to go on tour and then Michelle's going to break into song towards the end. Michelle, mm-hmm. I'm really excited mm-hmm. about that idea. Go Oh, I do go first, Heather. <laughs> like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, actually, Sister
2: is the one that breaks out in song really well. But I, okay. I do I do think in songs at times
1: it does I do, too. Happens. Mm-hmm, mm.
2: mm-hmm. So good. So but, good.
1: Yes, but today will not be one of those – well, it might be one of those days. We'll see. The podcast just started. We're on one minute in. There's so much time to be had where a song could emerge from mm, one of mm,
2: yeah. Yes. Mm, okay, good.
1: But we do know that something will emerge next Monday that you do not want to miss. It is like hmm. unprecedented in the history of the Abiding Together podcast. You will not want to miss, you don't want to miss today's, of course, but next Monday, you will not want to miss what is about to happen. It is, it's unprecedented. It is unprecedented. It is, dare we say, epic. We don't use that word lightly, but it is, it is epic. And at least in our world, it's epic. <laughs> too much, yeah. too much, building oh. it up too much. No. Yes. No. <laughs> so we're going to let you sit for a week and think about what that might be, but we're very, very we excited. So excited. Very excited. Can't wait mm-hmm. just to say yes. this. Just say it. Mm-hmm. Just say it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but today we're gonna, as we mentioned, we're going to talk about journeying into the deep. And I love this quote from Saint Teresa of Avila that says, "The feeling remains that God is on the journey too. Right? That God is on the journey." From Psalm forty-two, verse eight, where it says, "Deep calls to deep, and the roar of your torrents and all your waves and breakers sweep over me." And so Jesus is always calling us into the deep places and. Heather or Michelle, I love the quote that you pulled out here from Dr. Larry Crabb, which I think is just going to blow our podcast open today. Where he says, and we'll talk about this. He says, "God meets us where we are, not where we pretend to be." <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I love God meets us where we are, not where we pretend to be." And do we not all pretend to be in a variety of places? Isn't that so wonderful? Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you come across that quote, Michelle?
2: It was in one of my. It was in my counseling homework. <laughs> Thank you very much, people. <laughs> Y'all all all can pay me money because I'm giving y'all cheap therapy. Anyway, just kidding. You're welcome. And so, but I love that because really, even that quote opened up something in my heart. to really to go into it deeper, no pun intended, into deeper areas of my heart to really see like, okay, what is the terrain in my heart and what areas Mm -hmm. and what places and what places has my heart been closed? And I just, I think this journey, the last year and a half for me, emotionally and spiritually, has been like looking at the parts of myself that I just don't like about myself, my humanity, my littleness, my poverty, and that I've been aware of. But I think this is the difference, where I've actually now invited the Lord and other people into these places also, and for Him to move in power, and for me to treat these places not as hostile enemies— but as just little parts of myself that need to be integrated into mm-hmm. myself and to be okay. Like, this is where I'm at, and the Lord is transforming it and changing it. But this is where I'm at also, and be okay about it. It is It is what it is. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I love it that in that quote, too. It's a, that God is there, you know, yes, in the places already. where we're— We like to live maybe sometimes with a lot of excuses or denial or just numbness or avoidance or whatever, but it's like we're avoiding a place where God is. It says in scripture that he draws close to the brokenhearted. Like, he's always where people are broken in the scriptures if we look. Like, he specifically seeks them out, like the woman at the well. Like, why was he there at midday when no one else is there? Because he knew she'd be there. There was only one reason why he was there, and it was to meet her there. And and that's a good reminder for me is, like, God desperately wants me to meet him there in my little places where I actually am, not where I've convinced myself I am Mm or where I wish I was, Mm -hmm. you know, or where I feel guilty that I'm not like instead of living in just the guilt of like, oh, I wish I was in a different place. But but yeah, to just like hold that like Jesus is there in the place that I actually am. And usually that's very little and broken, (laughs) but also the places where I have dreams that aren't met yet or hopes or desires or passion or whatever it might be. Jesus is there, yeah. It's super hopeful. What about you, sister? What comes up for you?
1: Well, I, the invitation always to go deeper too. That love never ends, which is why well, you know why we say that every fairy tale in the Western world ends with, and they lived happily ever after, mm. because that's the desire for eternity. That's the desire for heaven, and that's the kind of love that we all want to live. We want a love that continues, a love that grows, a love that cherishes, a love that that. Like C.S. Lewis says, is like a book which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, and which every chapter is better than the one before, and I, I so, I just love Christ's heart there of Him calling us out into the deep, and God continually walks with us in the place is so great in the places where we are not where we pretend to be and we all have those rooms in our heart where we are pretending to be either greater or in a sense smaller too like where the things i got convicted me of something a couple years ago where i found myself just i found myself jesse saying oh it's just this oh it's just this well the reason why i'm not happy it's just this or the reason why i didn't do that it's just this and the lord very lovingly convicted me one day and he said it's not just anything it's, mm-hmm. This is not a just thing. This is this is an undercurrent in your life that I want to come to meet you here, and it was such a strong conviction that every time now that I've caught myself saying that, I I can't say that to the Lord anymore because it's not just anything. It is such a deeper story that current events might be pressing on that are revealing. But as it, it was a place where I was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? um, dis- it was like dissipating. So it was like the, this current situation would come and I was trying to dissipate what was really happening in my heart into that saying, Oh, it's just this, it's just this thing. And I was like, that's not what's happening. And so for me, yeah. Ooh, yes. And, and it's a very loving thing. Like he loves us so much that he wants us to live in the truth and, and the truth makes us free. It makes us free over and over and over again. So then we can, we can live in his love and the truth of who he is.
2: Mm. And I think there's something about going into the deep and going deeper and saying, okay, this is where I really am. Not where Mm -hmm. I pretend to be, but Lord, where do you want to unfold or reveal to me? And what is going on? Like, what are the deeper things going on in my heart right here? And what am I covering up? But also, even going deeper than that, what is the true longing and desire of my heart here that Mm -hmm. I'm trying to cover up with other things? Like, I realize—we've mentioned this book before by um, Dr. Gregory Popchek, but Broken Is it called broken Broken gods? gods. Mm -hmm. Yes, but he talks about the seven, basically seven longings of a person's heart that come out of the seven sins, You know, and what's the deeper issue? And that is just like really reframed how I even approach myself. If it is like looking like I like think he uses lust, like if you struggle with lust, the deeper desire is communion. Mm -hmm. You know, if you struggle with gluttony, it's like another deeper desire. And so I'm like, okay, but I think most of us, I'm speaking about myself, but I think. I mean, I'm speaking kind of for all of us, but I really can just only speak about myself. I think the one of the challenging things is to put names to our deepest longings and desires. Mm-hmm. You know, like what is really going on? And Lord, take me into the deep places of my heart and don't let me be scared or fearful of what I find. But we say this often, but approach it with holy curiosity. Mm-hmm. But Lord, help me name my desires, mm-hmm. you know, because you place them within my heart and help me align them to the good of you. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, transform them in, in any areas they're disordered. But Lord, you bring goodness. You have planted these desires in my heart for a reason. Why? What? I think we're almost afraid of what the things we desire oh, are. Yeah. We're afraid of almost goodness, you yeah. know? What, what Wouldn't you think so, sister?
1: Oh, I do. I think we're terrified of our deepest desires. I think because yeah. of where we feel their lack, where, where we've also misused them. So we say, if I live into my desires, see, this is what happens. So it just yeah, seems the twist easier. of the desire. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's easier in a sense, quote unquote, easier just to cut the whole thing off and then pretend we don't have any desires, or to kind of grasp at this forbidden fruit. And It's like with this really, you know, a negligible level of satiability, which is, is just really destructive. And that that's really the key because that Christ, you know, God is bringing us into the fulfillment. You know, that's what heaven is, the fulfillment of all desires. Father Ralph, or Dr. Ralph Martin has that book, Fulfillment of All Desires. And I think a lot of times we don't even know we're pretending. We, have, mm-hmm. we don't know that until God so deeply in His loving mercy reveals that to us in His tenderness, which everyday life will often reveal where we are pretending and it's an amen to it it's so wonderful because then we can have a conversation with him about where am I going and what are my deeper desires and lord bring me more deeply into the true intimacy which I long for which is you Mm -hmm.
2: so good
3: yeah I think you know there's lots of things that we can manage well in our life and convince ourselves that we're managing on our own, you know, a lot of little things we can take care of. But when it gets to desire oh yeah, in these places where it's deep, 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 you know, we feel like very quickly, like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know, I can't get a handle on that, you know, and for some people, yeah, there is rampant twists for most of us you know in various areas to various degrees you know there's twists of the desire that the enemy will take something good and twist it into something not good and usually when we do that and when we go down a path of living out of this twisted desire we will shut that place off and almost like compartmentalize it into something else it's like well i'm still going to church i'm still i'm really struggling over here but i'm kind of just like not addressing this i'm just sort of avoiding it because i don't know what to do and it's like so scary and big that we'll just sort of like cut off like one ourselves to that part. Like it's like we dissociate from it, but we also don't allow the grace of God to come in there and purify it. And it can like, no matter how twisted our desires have become, God can purify, heal and restore anything. Like it's never too far gone. Mm -hmm. And, and we may have to like make some big decisions, you know, to get certain things in place for healing to occur. But it's not too far gone. I think that some people are so scared, like you said, Michelle, of their desire. You know, they're just, and sister, you said that too, like petrified because we've often dealt with it without God's grace really active there. Mm -hmm. And I think when we open wide the door to let God handle the big things within us, He should handle the little things too. But I think he meets us with so much care. Mm -hmm. And that he wants to become the fulfillment of that desire, like you said. Mm -hmm. So this is why, you know, we often hear about people who have this double life sort of going on, where they're like, yeah, part of my heart, I'm living for God, and this other part is like so messed up. That I can't even come to grips with myself, you know. Mm -hmm. And I often wonder. I'm like, how can people live like that? How can they sleep at night? It's like, well, it's amazing what what we can do, you know. And I think back at certain places in my own life, like earlier on, when yeah, so far away from the Lord, yet trying to convince myself it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. But those are this precise moments that we can allow God to show His greatness and who He really is. Like, Mm -hmm. that's where we need a Savior, where we need God to be big, where we need Him to be the capable God that He is, to handle. And what I mean by handle is to gently come in and also break chains. Like, He's coming in gently with us, but with His power and His might to set us free.
2: It makes me think because I was laughing about this because when I was typing up the show notes, it was right around St. Augustine's feast day. And I was like, you know, if there was ever a person, a saint, and one of the church's tradition that... Has some really disordered desires, people. Like, you know, what was his prayers? Lord, make me chase, just not yet. I mean, come Mm -hmm. on. Like, but I loved his honesty in that line. Like, Mm -hmm. just not yet. Like, but this is where I'm at. And I was reading another book about Saint Augustine and someone said that he's like the perfect like AA sponsor, you know, Mm -hmm. of like there's nothing you can do. Tell me, you want to say this is all the bad stuff you've done or the things that you feel are sinful? Let me tell you my story. Like I can win up you, you know, but not in that, but that he turned everything to grace. In the most wounded places, uh, St. Augustine allowed God's glory to shine mm-hmm. through and to redeem and to order correctly and to restore. And I look back on my own life and I think about this. And Chris and I, my husband and I, were talking about something last week and just about marriage and family and everything. And I think one of my biggest fears was becoming a wife. I had like terrible anxiety about getting married, not to, about Chris, but about me And the ability to be a wife and to get married, because I honestly did not see that many happy marriages. Mm -hmm. And my parents were in the process of a divorce as I was preparing for marriage. So it was just this super place of hard for me. And I just didn't trust that the Lord's goodness could be in a lot of marriages, you know, or what it looked like. And I didn't trust that I had what it took. Like I was like, I felt like everyone else had this toolbox full of tools and that I was missing. All the tools and that everyone had lessons that they went to school for. And I was like, Was I absent for like a month or two? And then when they talked about marriage school or wife school or whatever, and <laughs> realizing now, like, I didn't have the tools, but I had the toolbox because of the sacrament
1: yeah. of
2: marriage. And I've picked up the tools as I've gone along and I've allowed the Lord's grace to meet me every single place in our marriage to pick up the places, you know. And this makes me tear up. Like, I was even having a conversation with Chris last night he's out of town and we just had a funny disagreement and we were just laughing and we were just laughing at one another and coming back. And he's like, we're together. Like, that's not going to separate. Like, so stop, like you want to hide and just, I was like, I don't want to hide. I'm just tired. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) He's like, but I'm not going to let you run. So let's get it. And we, and like the quickness of the repair, the quickness of the reconciliation. I mean, we're talking minutes, Instead of something that would have lasted days. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, Lord, you taught this girl that didn't know how.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, how to love, how to do this. Mm. But it's if not by grace, but it's a response to grace. And one of the things I'm most proud of is my marriage, but not in a prideful way. But in a, God displaying his glory to teaching me little by little, this is how you do it. Holy by holy, little by little. This is how you build a marriage. This is how you build family and i think the lord wants to do that in all the places of my life not just that area. and so but do i respond to grace in the same ways in the different areas
3: of my life. Mm, that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah, Michelle that's so very tender and and you're speaking of the deep places. You're speaking of the deep places where you and Chris have gone into deep waters and, and it continues to get deeper and deeper. And I would imagine just like any other relationship or like a relationship with God or anybody else, there's always that choice of how will I respond? Mm-hmm. And, Cause you could have easily, even last night told Chris, I don't want to talk about this and you could have hung up the phone and still talked about it later, but you were uncomfortable and the and heart was hurting, but you know that he loved you. So you're letting him lead you into deeper waters and and then comes the repair. And I'm just thinking of that, the efficacy of grace and the timing of grace and our response to those moments, our response to those moments. and, and the deep ache that we have, I, I love the quote by St. John Chrysostom uh, that says, longing in itself is a prayer of deep intimacy and intensity. Longing for God is a love too deep for words. Right? I'll read that whole thing again. Longing in itself is a prayer of deep intimacy and intensity. Longing for God is a love too deep for words. And that desire that we have, that every human person has for connection, for attachment, for softness, for kindness, for stability for love for understanding for acceptance for being received and and allowing ourselves to be received by another and uh, oh my gosh we ache for that gosh we ache for that and we have so many of our own self-defense mechanisms and we've have so many life experiences that tells us that that's not for me or that's not going to happen or that's not what love is but yet the ache remains and we know because it's eternal so i think being able to articulate those things of sitting in that ache at times when we find ourselves sinning or, but not even that, even much before that of, of just what's happening in our hearts at a moment to moment level and just coming to that reality of like, Oh Lord, I'm aching deeply here. I would just, I want to be received or I just need some stability or I need some, somebody to pursue me or check on me or, you know, just that little things. And so then we say, well, this is stupid and it's not stupid Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it matters. And Christ is always pursuing us. And, and so those are the deep, those are the deep places. That's how any relationship grows. First and foremost, our relationship with God, who is perfectly receptive and attentive, and then flowing out to others. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I remember this image that I had, um, which I think I shared on the podcast, too, a couple of years ago, of just feeling like I was in this deep, deep water. And just my face was like above the water. but My whole body was like in the water. And event, and, and the water really was like disappointment, anxiety difficulty, hardship, sorrow, grief, like all of these things that was the water that I felt like I was just barely breathing in. And I had this experience of feeling like the Lord was just extending his hand and pulling me out of the water, which is like the scripture in Psalm 18, which I love so, so much where it says, he drew me out of the waters too deep for me. He set my feet in the open, he rescued me because he loves me. Mm-hmm. That experience contrasted with being enveloped in the ocean of God's mercy in his love, Mm -hmm. the love that remains, like the abiding love of God that he's inviting us into always. Like in that scripture, it's so beautiful in John where he's like, will you remain with me? Will you remain in my love? Like allow yourself to be totally consumed and enveloped by the ocean of my mercy and love. I'm like, oh my gosh, like instead of it being a place of like, despair and like I don't know if I'm going to survive this to be really floating in the love of God like so I don't know there's just this image of like floating with like you know your arms and legs just like wide open to what God like wants you know receptivity that's there and like that's the place where I want to bring my desire you know is into that place where it, I'm so small and my desires really, they feel so big for me, but they're so small in comparison to the greatness of God who wants to meet those desires. So even when things are disappointing on a natural human level, and even though I might experience grief, like when you can allow the Lord's love to envelop you there. And when I've experienced that in my own life, it changes everything, you know, his love heals, his love restores. Yeah. And I think there's life to be found like definitely life to be found on the other side of disappointment and grief. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just think there's a there's a place of hope there in these things that feel so big yes. and unknown, <laughs> things mm-hmm. that feel mysterious in some ways that we can't figure out our vocations, our future, like all of these yeah. hopes that we have, but to just like allow ourselves to experience the stability of a god who is always faithful. Mm-hmm and His love never fails us. Mm-hmm.
1: Which I think you're so articulately speaking of the difference between being in the deep and then drowning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I think in life we feel like we're drowning. We feel like we're drowning, and we it's a storm too big. We can't swim out of it, and we have no life jacket. It feels like we have no life jacket. And mm-hmm. we feel so much like Peter. And I, I think what you're saying there, Heather, is like the reaching out to the Lord, saying, this is bigger than me, but you're here with me, and I'm just going to surrender and even if it's just one small thing lord you you can take that and help me i'm dr- like i'm drowning i need you i need you to come save me i need that and those cries out to god or he takes us very seriously mm-hmm. and he attends to us right there mm-hmm. yeah because it's he tends us
2: right here it tells us in scripture the lord hears the cries of the poor mm-hmm. and he is a god that will come You know, he hears our cries, he comes, and he will become close to us. Like we said earlier in the previous episode, he's close to the brokenhearted. So he wants us to, you know, just come to him in all these places. But Heather, I love what you were saying. I mean, sister, I love what you're saying the distinction between drowning, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, or in
2: the deep. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like when you're in the deep, there's almost not an ease, but a trust where you can almost like where you're floating, you know, when you're trying to swim, especially if you're trying to swim upstream, you're exhausted and you're tired, but there's something when you flip on your back and you're just floating mm-hmm. and you have, you can get the air in your lungs. You can do all those things. There's an ease when you're just floating on your back. You know, I was mm-hmm. watching my nephew who was two last year getting swim lessons and that like, they t- taught him how to, it was the swimming lessons where they taught him how to, you know, they, immerse them and teach them how to swim in case they fall in. I was totally traumatized watching these lessons. But anyway, <laughs> but they teach them first, all, flip on your back, flip on your back and you can float. And I was asking him like, MJ, were you ever scared? He goes, no, because you always know you can float. I was That's like, so man, great. Man, boy. Mm-hmm. Man. like I always know you can flip and float, but we're supposed to float in God's grace, you know, where we, there's an ease to that. Mm-hmm. And um, it comes with trust and surrender, like we've said earlier.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's also a, ma- a maturing process yes. that has to occur to stop fighting, mm-hmm. you know, in the water to stop. To sometimes you need to stop treading the water, and you just need to flow. You just need to like surrender to what God wants to do there. Not surrender to disorder desires, of course. Yeah, you know, like we're ta- we're kind of talking about a lot of different things here, but but to surrender to Him and what He wants to do in mm-hmm. us. And I'm excited about this season because we are going to be going deeper into you know, maturing processes and maturing themes uh, to help us all grow, which is really exciting. I mean, like the Christian life is meant to be fully lived and we don't want to stay, you know, at at an immature place, but really grow into mature followers of jesus Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: and speaking of that michelle do you want to speak with our listeners about because we are about to go into the deep in a very deep way uh which is why you will not want to miss next monday's episode in the beginning of we're going to kick off some really awesome things but michelle do you want to paint the vision for that to kind of help our listeners open their hearts to what we're about to dive into Sure,
2: I would love to. But okay, listeners, next week, we are going to start something that is unprecedented, not like Mm -hmm. 2020 Mm -hmm. unprecedented, but unprecedented. (laughs) We're going to take you on a journey. We have really been praying about the podcast and we've been really praying about where we need to go as a a podcast community. And we feel like we need to go deeper into identity. You know, we need to feel like our roots need to go deeper. And we feel like that we want to give you also building blocks and tools to really just discover for the Lord to meet you where you're really at and to see where you need to grow, to see where He needs to come in, where He needs to love you, where they're, where you have grown, and to see. So we are going to be focusing on the next two seasons, um, the rest of season 10 and 11. There'll be a little breaks. Advent and Lent will be, but w- they'll be building blocks, and they'll build upon one another. So we're going to start with the identities of women, and we will be starting next week with some other amazing surprises mm-hmm. on the identity of daughter. And it will be mm-hmm. a four-part series. And then we'll build on sister. And then we have Advent. And then we'll come back for season 11 and build on mother and then bride. And so each um, identity has four parts to it. And we're going to go on a journey. And it is going to be a little bit different than we've done before. But we really feel like this is the heart that the Lord has for us as a community. And we're really excited. And for the men folk you need to join us also for yeah. our male listeners. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we are giving you a blueprint into women's hearts. Like, come on. Come <laughs> you on. You can thank us later. You can thank this us later. This is your
3: better, best vocational prep you can get.
2: <laughs> yes. And so whatever vocation you're in, we're helping yeah, you. Yeah,
3: yeah priests wow. or ministry. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yes. So
2: we are here for you, men, folks. So this is a journey. And don't feel like if you miss an episode, like you can always go back. They build upon one another, but you can listen to them separately also. But they do build. But we really want to go on a journey with you. We want to go deep into the heart of the Father and deep into each of our own hearts. So we're so excited.
1: Mm -hmm. We are excited, and we often say, if you've been listening to our seasons, that we will get into episodes and we'll say we could talk on this for four hours. And so that's pretty much what we do. (laughs) So (laughs) it's we'd actually literally took it seriously and we're like, no, we're actually going to talk about these things extensively and allow them to unfold. And, uh, we're going to do so in a way that I think is just really going to bless you. We're very excited. Uh, we're very excited about this. So we, we can't wait for you to experience what is about to drop next Monday. So please don't, uh, don't miss it. And it's, I think it's going to be a great also facilitation for small groups. Mm -hmm. And moms and daughters and sisters and and husbands and wives and people in communities, religious communities. I I just think it's going to be a great entryway into some deeper conversations that need to happen and also a deeper discovery of our own hearts and the hearts of our sisters near us.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of you might be thinking, oh, I've been wanting to do a short series or something. Now is your time. Yeah. Gather your small group, be
1: like, hey, do you want to meet for the next four weeks and dive That's into a great idea. Mm-hmm. identity and daughter. Mm-hmm. And like we always, we have show notes for you. We have discussion questions. So we've made it as easy as we can. So you can jump right in. You know, no pun intended. So we're using a lot of water metaphors today, or like diving and jumping in, floating, you know. Mm-hmm. I
2: don't know so. <laughs> so if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast. And so you can get our show notes and get all the links that you need. Mm-hmm. And we'll have the Weeks subscription, emails, mm-hmm. emails mm-hmm. the weekly emails. The links are in the podcast description. yeah, hey.
3: And just a shout out to our patrons on Patreon. Ooh. That's where people can donate. We're just so grateful for your generosity. Yes, we pray for you. you, that God would bless you. But you really are helping us go where we want to go this season. And yes. I'm super excited about that. Yep. I just want to remind all our patrons, in case you don't know, log into your Patreon account because there are videos every month from Sister Miriam, Michelle, and I just individual videos on various topics that we feel like talking about but you can access those anytime mm-hmm. on your patreon mm-hmm. you just have to log into your account
1: mm-hmm. and more fun surprises coming soon i think That's the word on the street so so yes we are very excited about that so as we should we continue the metaphor what's another water metaphor we could use uh we're gonna slide into our one thing <laughs>
3: Oh my gosh. Wow.
1: That was well done. <laughs> we have some water. <laughs> my slide? brain's no. like right. <laughs> All right, Heather Kim, you go
3: for it. Go <laughs> <Let me. laughs> oh, girl. Well, we had just the sweetest email from two young boys named Will and Walker. These young men are awesome, and they are actually making handmade rosaries. Their website is called Rings of the Lord. Oh, Is that not genius? That's rings, rings genius. Of the Lord. It's Rings of the there, Lord. See what I know. There. Way to go, guys. And they're making just these sweet handmade rosaries. So I just want to encourage everybody to check out and support these young guys and what they're doing, making a gift of themselves to the church in this way. Uh, ringsofthelord.com. You can mm-hmm. check them out. Rings of the Lord.
2: Michelle, my one thing this year. A uh, week is. I talked about it a little in some of the episodes, but I just want to give a shout out because it happened in the summer. Is the Given Forum, mm-hmm. and it is an amazing initiative for young adult women that want to release something that the Lord is doing in them, and they give you mentors and support. And I absolutely loved. The Forum in Washington, D.C. in June, and they will have another one coming up this summer. But I will send the link that if you're a young adult woman, check this out. Do it. You know, Mm -hmm. I just absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Heather will be there. And then this upcoming summer, I love the girls that I get to mentor Mm -hmm. with this. And it was so much fun with the lay mentors and the religious sisters together. I have never seen a combination of just laity and religious sisters And just the gift of spiritual motherhood together. Mm -hmm. And Rachel and the whole crew, Cynthia and the whole crew do such a great job.
1: So I will post the link to Given Forum our show that sister awesome well that's very fitting because speaking of religious sisters I just want to give a shout out to all of our religious sisters y'all are just such Aww. beautiful representations of the bride I just want to say thank you as one sister to another one mother to another thank you so much for your yes to your spouse Jesus Christ uh, it's just such a gift and I want to in particular I want to give a shout out to the Carmelite Sisters in, Al- in Alhambra outside of Los Angeles and they are so fun so wonderful so they have been working through Dr. Bob Schutz's Be Healed as a community. Could you imagine that? Over 100 sisters for an entire year working through Bob's um, program, Be Healed. And then they invited uh, Kim Glass and Father John and myself to give a healing retreat to their community. So we were there for five days over the summer. And they're so lovely. I, I just... Mother Gloria Therese and her whole community. And I felt like I was in a movie a lot of the times. We went to their final vows. Mm. We like roasted a pig. They had car- They had mariachi. Like it was just so wonderful. And they sang beautifully and they prayed beautifully. And they're just such beautiful women. And I was personally... Edified by them, so I'll put their website. Um, You can check out the Carmelite Sisters; they're an absolutely wonderful community. It was a true. Okay,
2: can we just talk about their habits for a minute? Mm, Like their habits when they go to mass. Like when I was at the given form, when they would come to us, they had the capes, and I was like. Yeah. Great fashion choice, ladies. Great mm. fashion choice. I mean, that's the reason why they do that. They you know, yeah, sure really <laughs> feel like it's a good fashion choice. we all yes. Yeah. But
1: I was like, so. they are just stunning. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, inside and out. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Alhambra, Carmelite mm. sisters, y'all are great. So that's awesome well dear friends it has been a joy to dive into the deep with you and to allow the Lord to come and continue to find you wherever you are not where we're pretending to be right (laughs) but where we truly are so until next week and our amazing surprise and we can't wait to see you there we will be abiding together God bless y'all have a wonderful week thank you so much for listening to this week's episode if you liked it would you please share it with a friend we encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints on our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as short videos, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Abiding Together Podcast. Thank you and God bless you.
0: You can find more from the Abiding Together podcast series by going to abidingtogetherpodcast.com. You're listening to the Lunchtime Podcast Sampler on Catholic Radio Indy. Don't go away. We'll be back with more right after this. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7, Do your friends a favor, tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. Have you ever thought about joining the Catholic Church? Have you just wanted to explore the Catholic faith? All you need to do is call your local Catholic church for more information. We are always happy to help you in your journey to discover and learn more about the Catholic faith. We have classes that are almost year-round, and the classes and information sessions do not involve making a commitment, and there is no pressure to join. Please call your local Catholic parish for more information today and start the journey of one day possibly becoming Catholic as well. God bless. Welcome back. When Catholic Radio Indy was established, St. Maximilian Kolbe was chosen as our patron saint. Our next offering on the Lunchtime Podcast Sampler is a discussion of his virtuous life and his heavenly attributes. From the podcast series, How They Love Mary. This is Father Edward Looney with Oscar Delgado and St. Maximilian Kolbe's Two Crowns.
4: Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. And today we're speaking with Oscar Delgado. He is a partner in OCE Films and is currently the associate producer of the new film Two Crowns. He has been involved in the media industry for 35 years. He is a graduate of Marquette University, class of 1983, and began his career with NBC News, working his way up from Mexico City bureau chief to Latin American bureau chief and senior war producer correspondent for the network. Oscar covered the Bosnian War, El Salvador Civil War, and Gulf War, among many other conflicts. He went on to produce the film The Learning Curve, released by MGM in 2001. So I'm very happy to talk to you about this movie, Two Crowns, because it's about a man who loved the Blessed Mother so much, St. Maximilian Kolbe. So welcome to How They Love Mary, Oscar Delgado.
5: Thank you, Father. Thank you for having me. Very excited about this film also. Very excited.
4: Yeah, so the movie is called Two Crowns. It's about St. Maximilian Colby. We'll get into that just a little bit, but when we think of movies and films going to the movie theater we think of, well, the movie gets released on a Friday, it has the weekend, then we look at the box office numbers. But this is a very unique movie. It's actually part of something called a Fathom event and doing radio and being in media, I know what Fathom events are, but I bet lots of people don't know what Fathom events are. And so could you just share what a Fathom event is?
5: Yeah, so um, we wanted to make space and uh, Fathom has done a wonderful job. like the event only programming. So it's one of the things that, Um, Some of the theaters that have gotten involved in, especially before COVID, and it was very, very successful. So you get word of mouth. It doesn't cost as much to try to do a whole weekend release in box office. And so it's really made for a niche market for those that want to search out uh, films that have a spiritual dimension. And uh, this one definitely does. So on October 26th, um, this film will be released one day only. Uh, Phantom events and uh, uh, across movie theaters across the United States. So you just go to www.phantomevents.com two crowns and you'll you'll see that and that's on October 26th. So that's um, that's basically the release of that movie and kind of the uh, understanding or the way things are are done for these type of events. Uh, event organizations or event events.
4: October 26th, I believe, is a Monday, isn't it?
5: Correct. Yes, it's a Monday.
4: So, So if you're looking for something to do on a Monday, want to take in a spiritual film, then find the nearest movie theater that's running this Fathom event. Now, of course, this movie is going to probably be released on DVD. It'll be available on download or whatever. Do you know a projection of when that might be available if people can't make it on the 26th?
5: I I believe it will be later this year sometime. We haven't made final determination but later this year we will have that uh, available on uh, for streaming or DVD.
4: Now, this film Two Crowns, from my watching of it, I've gathered that it was filmed in Polish. So were you the producer of the Polish film or did
5: you uh, the the English the English version? Yeah, this uh, the English version we help, I helped with the uh, translations and made sure that everything, uh, you know, made sense in terms of uh, another audience, an English-speaking audience.
4: So when people watch this film, what should they expect? Should they expect it dubbed? I saw a dubbed version, and I didn't think that it was too distracting, but I know that... No, um, I
5: think I was going to say that we we, we worked really hard to make sure that it was, um, you know, people could watch it. And, you know, sometimes the dubs don't really work, but I think in this case it really does, it really does showcase and uh we really took a lot of time to make sure that people would not find it distracting as you said father
4: and i know that my contact at carmel communication said it's possible maybe the movie in the theaters won't be dubbed it might just be subtitled so you'll hear it in polish possibly is that a possibility
5: that's a possibility but i think that it's going to be uh i think at this point we're going to uh, do it dubbed wise because um, it might be easier for people to kind of follow along than the subtitles.
4: That's for sure. Either I way,
5: either, either, yeah, either way, people will, I think that people will enjoy the film because as, as we get into it, you'll see very interesting things that, uh, um, people did not know about, uh,
4: St. Maximum and Kobe. Yeah, we were talking before we started recording, and I shared that my review of the film for publication is going to be 10 different things that I learned about St. Maximilian Kolbe. So short of reading a biography, this was a very comprehensive life account of him. St. Maximilian Kolbe is a priest, was a priest. He died in Auschwitz in a Nazi concentration camp. But because he gave his life, he volunteered to go to the starvation bunkers so that a father could save his life and possibly one day be reunited with his family. And that's the story we know about St. Maximilian Kolbe, but there's so much more to his life. This film really brings it out and it's a docudrama. So uh, the, I kind of actually enjoyed that where you would have some scenes where it would be the dramatized version of Kolbe's life. And then you would go to an expert who would say a few different things and then kind kind of the portrayal of what you just heard.
5: Yeah, I think that one of the things that uh, I really enjoyed about the film, was you said, Father, 10 things that I didn't know about uh, St. Maximilian and Kobe, But I think one of the things that, for those that are looking at uh, seeing this film, I think one of the things that I think stood out is, his trust in the providence of God. I mean, I mean, he really, I mean, to me, one of the scenes without giving away all the film, but when he didn't have enough money to do the uh, newsletter, you know, he prayed and he went to the statue and there was an envelope with the exact amount of money that he needed to, to do the first printing, you know? So I, I think that um, it's, if, if you really try to pray and uh, work hard in discerning the will of God, and it's all aligned, God will, God will take care of you. Our Lady will take care of you. You just gotta be, um, just be open and really try to discern that. And I guess that's the—that to me is what's uh, very inspiring about his life.
4: This podcast is called "How They Love Mary," and I love talking to people about the Blessed Mother. And I'm assuming that as you worked on this film, you have some sort of interest in the Blessed Virgin Mary. Possibly, uh, is there any? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How has she played a absolutely. role in your own life?
5: Well, I mean, one of the things is, uh, you know, I have this ring. I mean, people wear chains, but when I consecrated myself to the Blessed Mother of 33 Days, St. Louis de Montfort, I have a ring that has, um, that is a, the slavery ring, right? So I, it has, and I have it uh, in, engraved totus tuus on it, and I wear it on my left hand, and as a reminder, other people wear chains, but I wear this ring, and um, she's guided my life, um, you know, being a war producer and, being able to uh, navigate that whole craziness. Um, I give it to the blessed mother that I was able to uh, survive it and, and be able to do the things that I can do now um, only through uh, entrusting myself to her. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting. One of the things that I was reminded of when I uh, I was in the square of St. John with John Paul II, when he entrusted the third millennium to our lady. And uh, I thought that they brought the Fatima statue over and, I do that prayer all the time. and it was, In fact, October 8th was the 20th anniversary of him entrusting the third millennium to Our Lady. And so I always go back and do that prayer because I always think it's so important that we remember that um, she's our North Star. She guides us uh, in, in a lot of ways, and we just go to our mother and help us to be able to uh, untie the knots that come into our lives. And then I really do believe that. with all my heart.
4: And you worked in Mexico um, for media relations and, and in a bureau there. Did you make pilgrimages to Our Lady of Guadalupe while you were there?
5: Yeah, all the time. I was there all the time, Father. I went all the time, and especially when I was going to be shipped out, they they would call and say, uh, you know, Oscar, we want you to go to Bosnia. Or we want you to go to uh, Colombia. It, it always make it a point to do a, a pilgrimage. Well, you know, I lived in Mexico City, so. I would just yeah, have the driver take me, you know, we had a driver then. So the they go over there and uh, do my prayers and then come back and say, okay, let's go. So yeah, I really do credit her with uh, keeping me safe in all these different places that uh, I had to produce and report on. And i um, very thankful. Our lady, if you entrust yourself to her, she will entrust yourself to you. You know what I mean? So she'll watch over you. So it's very, very important that, um, As uh, your lovely podcast uh, highlights, I mean, trusting in in our our Blessed Mother, loving our Blessed Mother will get you through a lot of the problems, especially with what's going on today.
4: Guadalupe is a Marian apparition. Mary appeared to Juan Diego, and one of the things I learned from the movie Two Crowns was that that St Maximilian Kolbe had a devotion to Our Lady of Lourdes to that Marian apparition of 1858 and how Our Lady uh, uncovered or brought uh, Bernadette to discover that miraculous healing water and Maximilian Kolbe himself experienced the healing he built a grotto to Our Lady of Lourdes when he was in Japan so Just so much uh, devotion of Saint Maximilian Kolbe to the Blessed Mother, things that I discovered from watching this movie. Now, talking about Saint Maximilian Kolbe and doing the work that you did with the film as one of the, the producers, what do you think is the most interesting or the most significant thing someone should take away from the life of Maximilian Kolbe?
5: I think that the it's the providence of God. I really do believe that. I mean, you know, remember in those times, father, that, uh, you know, to travel to Japan, it took them, as you saw in the film, two months to get there. Right. And so I think that when you have an inspiration and you're like, well, how is this going to work? But if you really trust in your life, um, you trust the providence of God and you, and you entrust yourself to the blessed mother, you will have, I mean, it's not going to be easy, but you know in the end that you'll be led um, and you'll be uh, joyful. And I believe that uh, with all the things that he had to go through, I mean, he had tuberculosis, he had uh, one lung, he basically, but look what he's able to accomplish because he really trusted, you know, that God would lead him. And I think that's the one thing that um, that if you if you really trust and you really follow the will of God and discern that, um, you could see incredible things that would be done. God will be able to do through you as an instrument.
4: Definitely. Now, St. Maximilian Colby was a Catholic priest. In fact, when he stood up to the SS officer, that's what he says. He says, I'm a Catholic priest. I think we need the story of Maximilian Colby, much like we needed the story of Father Patrick Payton that came out uh, in movie theaters, in the movie pray, that the stories of these saintly priests, these heroic priests, really can inspire us. Because I think so often we see some priests out there that maybe aren't living their vocation, or these priests out there that, you know, have have done awful things. And I think this movie is one that can really renew people's hope in the priesthood, by seeing how this priest, St. Maximilian Colby, as you said, trusted in God, providence at work, and to see how he responded to God's call in his life.
5: I think you're absolutely right. I think we do need uh, priests as role models now, and uh, fortunately, some have not been able to uh, do that role for whatever reason, but this is the time for people and priests to stand up and lead us, lead the, lead the, lead the sheep, and be able to... Be on fire with the faith i mean it's the darkness that's all around and we need the light and and you know for me i was raised by uh, a lot of things with my grandmother and she taught me to really love and respect the priest and i've never lost that respect um and that love and it's just i've been very fortunate to find priests that have that fire and that's what we really need father as you pointed out we need the priest to step up as saint maximilian Kolbe did and and really live out the vocation and inspire others. I mean, he had at one time the biggest monastery in the world. He had 700 um, uh, men there that working together and evangel- for evangelization, you know, and so it's really critical that we, we think about um, moving forward and uh, and, uh, and building up our priests and pray for our priests who um, really need our prayers.
4: Just want to recommend to you the next time you're in the Chicagoland area, there is a national shrine to Maximilian Kolbe. It's in Libertyville, Illinois. And uh, I interviewed the rector of the shrine, Father Benedict, on this podcast about a few months ago now. But it's a a great place. They have a museum there. They promote devotion to St. Maximilian Kolbe. And so maybe you'll find yourself there um, at that shrine to, to thank God for the role that you are able to play. It seems that God picked the right person. You're a very devout man, and you're the right one to tell the story of St. Maximilian Colby to help with that, especially for the English-speaking audiences.
5: Thank you, Father. I very much appreciate uh, that uh, plug. And again, October 26th, um, check your local listings or phantom events and to see where, uh, where it's playing near you. It, it is national.
4: Yeah, you know, the movie is called Two Crowns, and I should have asked this earlier uh, as we were talking, but can you tell us the story? Why is it called The Two Crowns? I know the answer, but the the listeners... Yeah, The Two Crowns,
5: right, yeah. So when he was younger, he was a child, uh, the Blessed Mother appeared to him, and she said to pick, you know, one of these two crowns, and uh, one is for purity and one is for martyrdom. And uh, being a kid, he took both of them, so he got both purity <laughs> and uh, martyrdom so uh, that's why it's called two crowns
4: and it tells the story of saint maximilian kolbe check it out go to fathom events look at your local listings i know it's covid-19 maybe people won't feel comfortable going to the theaters i hope they do but if they can't, then I encourage you to look for it when it comes out, available on DVD in a few months or available for download online in a few months and just learn the story. We never can tire learning the stories of the saints. So thanks so much, Oscar, for being with me today to talk about this film and to really spread devotion to Our Lady through St. Maximilian Kolbe. St. Maximilian Kolbe used the media. He he created a magazine. And so now we are using media to tell his story to the next generation of believers. So thanks so much for your good work in in promoting this film and spreading that story.
5: Well, thank you, Father. And if I can have your blessing, I'd be much appreciated.
4: Sure. So let us pray. Almighty God, we ask you to send forth your blessings, especially through the powerful intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mediatrix of all grace, the Immaculata. May you know of her prayers this day. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Oscar.
5: Thank you, Father. God bless. Thank you.
4: you.
0: October is a Marian month, and so in the spirit of St. Maximilian Kolbe, we pray, Almighty and Eternal God, you gave us in the person of St. Maximilian Kolbe an example of true devotion to the Immaculate Mother of our Savior and of unselfish love for our neighbor. Grant we beseech you, through his intercession, that we may grow in our understanding of love of the Immaculata, that we may recognize her presence, her voice, her love, and her power with us and be filled with an ardent desire and will to fulfill her will in every detail and thus become sharers and true instruments of her most perfect response to you in the holy spirit through Christ our lord amen and that wraps up this episode of the lunchtime podcast sampler on catholic radio indy you can find this episode along with links to the programs we shared at catholic radio i'm kent Blanford, and until next time may god bless did you miss something in this show or just want to hear it again Podcasts of this and all our other great local programs are available 24-7 at CatholicRadioND.org.